Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Wherever you are around the Illawarra, Matt Campbell and Tim Barrow here on Saturdays in the gong with thanks to the GWM Haval. And joining us this morning, it's a pleasure to have uh, an inspirational man who... Well, your life was turned upside down in 2016 and you've you know, fought back to do one of the world famous um, paddles for, across Hawaii, 54 kilometre event. And it all features in a new documentary called Attacking Life, showing now on stand. Good morning to you, Brett Canellan. Good morning. Thanks for having me. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Now, um, I want to just, I guess, sort of set the scene with a bit of a, a taster of the documentary. So we'll listen to a bit of the documentary and then let's have a chat. Good evening. A shark attack at Okayama Beach has left one of the South Coast's most promising young surfers with severe injuries, losing a significant portion of his thigh. After a wave had just gone over the top of him, I heard this blood-curling scream for help. It was this realisation that my worst nightmares are really coming to, to fruition like right in front of me and I'm watching it and I can't do anything about it. His face was lifeless basically. That just said it all for me. And this is the most profound moment, the feeling of, you know, is this what it feels like to die? Brett, yeah, it was a compelling story. Uh, I watched it on Thursday night, um, a fantastic documentary. Um, it must just be extraordinary to be at this point in your life and to be able to, I guess, have that perspective and to be actually be able to watch that journey from a shark attack in 2016 where you were lucky to survive um, to the, you know, the triumphs that you've done of being able to, one, tell your story uh, and live the life you do, but also um, just the great achievements that you've done, including the Molokai Challenge, which is a, a 54-kilometre paddle uh, from Molokai to Oahu in Hawaii. So um, how have you sort of found it this week in terms of the perspective of watching yourself on film and, and the journey that you've had? Yeah, it's been, it's been funny. I think uh, it's weird when you do take in, you know, the enormity of, like, what it is to finish this project and to have it there where people can finally see it because it's been... It's been such a long time coming, not only just making it the film, but obviously it's been, you know, 2016. When you look back on it, it's quite a long time ago. And, you know, it's a type of story that I easily could have told sooner, but a big part of me wanted to wait until I guess I was in the right spot um, and I felt comfortable with sharing what I'd been through, but also at a point where I think it would tell a valuable story and one where people can start to take things away for themselves because... You know, at the start, it's really about the attack and then it's about the recovery after that. And then as I kind of moved on through life, it was more about, well, what can I learn and take away from the attack, not only for myself, but then to pass on to other people. And you know, all these years later, being able to have something that is a true showcase of all that is, you know, it's something that I can be very proud of and, and not only me, but everyone that's worked on the project. So we'll set the scene for the listeners who sort of aren't really across your story. It's seven years ago now. Now, I watched the documentary, you, you said you had a, a bad day, you're on the way home, and you've decided, right, I'm going to go and have a surf at Bombo, cool the, you know, cool the head, let off a bit of steam, 
and uh, you know we've all had bad days after work and want to go for a swim or whatever and then all of a sudden your life just turns upside down you're going to catch a couple more waves before you go in and finish the day and then a bull shark just turns your life completely upside down yes <laughs> I mean that's probably the best way of saying it because a lot of people ask me like was was there anything that you you know you experienced or saw or knew throughout the day where you were like oh this is going to be a significant day and there's, there's nothing really there. I always say it's just a regular day that something completely irregular happened in. Um, those those moments in life, I guess we all experience probably not through a shark attack, but those you know fork in the road type moments or or the line in the sand type moments, so to speak, where you know these events happen or these realizations or just these things that you experience in life occur where you know you can kind of you realize things are going to really change. Um, and obviously, this is a very significant way of gaining that perspective. But I think that day, you know, it's something that is always going to live with me and it's something I speak about all the time. And I'm, I'm lucky to have that experience and to remember that and have the vivid memories of it, not only for myself and the way that I tell it, but also in order to tell it impactfully for other people. Because I know... The way that I look at my experience, and I always say, like, it's not about what happens to you, but it's about how you respond. I know, for me particularly, that would mean to not talk about the attack, but you, you kind of need to in a way because it's something that does engage people. It is so interesting and so so novel and unique that you have to share that part of the story. So then people are, you know, they're engaged, they're listening, and, and you can see that through the documentary. Like, it does start out with the attack, but that's, that's really the hook, I suppose, for lack of a better term, to share things that are such you know, that are far more impactful and greater later on. Yeah. How long did it take you to get some perspective, I guess, on one, you know, having gone through that experience, which is one, physically traumatic and obviously being lucky to survive, but, you know, the mental approach, the recovery, the, the difficulties you've, you've had um, muscle grafted from your back to your leg and having to regain all the strength. I mean, that's a long process, obviously. Yeah, I guess there's little landmarks along the way where you kind of gain bits of perspective um the the major ones for me first of all is probably around support and just knowing that you know how how lucky i was in my particular situation to look around and see the people that are there to support me that that was amazing and i think something that we often don't realize until we need it the most so that that was one of them another one was um a message from my physiotherapist scott mutton who you know that essentially set up my entire recovery and you don't fail by aiming too high and missing but we fail by aiming too low and hitting and that completely changed my perspective on setting goals and the recovery itself and then I guess the perspective when you get towards what you would consider is the end of the journey and getting back in the water and surfing again and kind of realizing you know the difference between the person who is essentially standing on the surfboard and the person laying in the hospital bed and what that person's been through and all the things they'd learned along the way and I suppose that's the beauty of challenge is in the moment it is really hard to see all the good things that could come out of it but when you are you know at what you would consider the other end you can look back and and really take away some amazing things that that really shape you know the the person going through it moving forwards yeah in the um in the doco and obviously through the story you talk about that moment when looking staring straight in the shark's eyes and feeling like this is the end from that point of view that um you know in general we don't want to have those experiences to really bring out the best in people but it's obviously been able to shape the way that you know you're able to impact lives of other people right now and you know I, I've obviously seen about and read about the bike club and bits and pieces that, that are around with um, shark attack survivors and bits and pieces and I'm sure that inspiration from that point of view so what are some of the other things I mean obviously 
you know, we hear the story, we understand the shark attack part of it, but, you know, what are some of the other um, impacts and some of the other things that you have come across that you didn't think would come out of, you know, this experience from your point of view? I think one of the main things that people think about or associate the story with is resilience, which is true. Like, it is a story of resilience, especially with, you know, the you know, being attacked by a shark, having mm. the physical injuries and working your way back from that to a point of triumph. And that really, that point of view that I commonly encounter is physical. And I think something that I realized early on is that the recovery is, is two separate pathways. There's the physical recovery and trying to learn how to walk again and overcome all those obstacles there to hopefully get back in the water and surf again. But in order to take the first step on that journey, there's this other you know, mental resilience that needs to happen over here. And that's combination of grappling with the trauma of what's just happened, looking at your mental health, and then trying to figure out what you can do to look after that side of you, uh, which, you know, at the time I had, I knew nothing about. I was essentially learning that on the fly. And those things that I learn about myself in, in those moments are, are incredibly impactful and powerful. And if I go back to the difference between the person standing on the surfboard mm. and the person laying in the hospital bed, I can guarantee if you put the person laying on, that was standing on the surfboard back in the hospital bed, they're not going to get back on the board quicker necessarily, but they're going to be far better equipped to deal with that challenge where, you know, the, the person I was at the time in that moment had no idea. Mm, yeah, that mental strength that you learned through, you know, unfortunate injury and, yeah. you know, trauma has been able to put you in a better spot. And if you could take that back to the older you, yeah, what, what kind of athlete would have you been at that time? How much better could you have been as a surfer? So it's interesting because when, I mean, talk about it from a sporting point of view, the challenges as an athlete, especially in the professional environment that we see in footballers and all those kind of bits and pieces, that, that mental side of the game that, that is front and centre nowadays but still not really pushed as hard as it possibly could be uh, and the reality is you look at someone like a Tiger Woods playing golf who goes from being um, untouchable at world's best into you know some bits and pieces happen outside of it to being uh, not making cuts on tournaments and you just go the mental side of uh, who we are as people not just sporting people is such an untapped um, part of life and I, I, I see that they're doing some mental health stuff into school kids now which is very important I saw Guy Sebastian doing some of that stuff and I think that's it's it's a really important part of who we are as, as, as people and something that's come to fruition now through unfortunately adversity through people have been through challenges so it's such a great story and so excited that you can come and share it with us on the radio. Oh, it's it's always a pleasure to share the story. It's something I realized early on. It's it's something I'm going to have to do and there's power and impact in that. And I guess going back to what you just said about using the sports people as an example, I think they're the most common examples we see because they're the characters that we see in life because it, you know, sports is something everyone follows in different capacities. But you know, the real challenge with someone like a Tiger Woods or anyone who goes through those those issues where it might be an injury or things off the field that affect them it's really challenging their purpose and their identity of who they are and mm. everyone goes through something like that sure. and it might not be through a sport but someone who could go through something where it challenges their ability to work and their career or you know their relationship and the belonging that they have in their family so these challenges are, are not just limited to you know people that a lot, a lot of people like put on a pedestal and and, mm. and look at in such a positive way but they're things that we all experience and that's what makes a story like this and just challenge and adversity in general so relatable for people mm. you grow up as a, a, a potential world surf tour that's obviously the the dream uh, obviously had talent as a surfer and and you know in another world that you may may well have 
gone on to, to do that. But you talked about it so well in terms of um, when you got back on a board and started to actually enjoy your surfing again about being through everything that you've been through to sort of end up the same person that, that you were. Um, how, I mean, is that a difficult process that, you know, you carry this dream for such, such a long period of your life and then you sort of get back to the point where you're enjoying your surfing again and think that's not what I want to do? Yeah, there's, there's definitely, you have to ask yourself that question. Um, I mean, the, the dream of being a surfer is something I carried from the, at the moment I stepped on a surfboard when I was 11 years old. So it's not easy to let that go in a way. And it's, it's not an easy thing to achieve either. There's only 34 people in the world that get to surf on the world tour. And, you know, like you said, in, an, in another world, maybe it would have happened, maybe it wouldn't have. And that's, they're the unknowns that you can't really predict or you can't really tell the story of. Yeah. But the when I did get back to a point of surfing, like you said, and I was kind of, you know, starting to compete again and I, I was, I actually had to take a step back and, and look at the whole situation. And I think that takes a, a bit of maturity in a way to, to, you know, realize where you're at and, you know, that bit of self-awareness to know that, you know, you've just been through something significant and you can use this as an opportunity to, you know, become a different person afterwards. If I was to go back down the route of trying to make it as a professional surfer again, I don't know where that would have led. I don't know if that would have been better or worse than what I'm doing now, but it's just a decision that I made based off the fact that, you know, this this whole experience, the attack itself, is if you look at the picture as a whole, it has given me this story that I didn't have before. It's given me an opportunity to make an impact on people that I never had with, you know, selling surfboards or surfing, you know, where you can share something about you and offer a perspective or just a different way of looking at things for people outside of your story. and. For me, I always say that although the attack and the shark itself took so much away from me, you know, the dream, the physical, obviously, um, it gave me so much more just as far as purpose and identity moving forward. And, and that's something that obviously didn't happen immediately. It takes a lot of time and you do have to get to those points where you ask yourself the hard questions. But when you can look at the positives that have come out of it, I think that when I look at it, was a, a huge point where I could, you know, say to myself, maybe the surfing thing I can just look at it differently. It's not like I completely stop surfing. It just means, uh, it just means something different to me now. Where I surf more to enjoy it, and that's probably a good thing as well. <laughs> yep. I, I really enjoy going out in the water. Mm. I enjoy surfing on different surfboards and yeah. and just spending time out there. And I'm not as serious and I'm not angry when I'm falling off. And I just enjoy <laughs> it more. Um, and and that has its own value in it. But I think that that point where I could say to myself, okay, well, if, if I am going to look at it like that, how can I use this story to help other people? And that's what's led me to, you know, do the film, do the speaking mm. that I'm doing and, and, and all of that. And It's something that wasn't easy because I'm not a natural speaker. I don't feel comfortable <laughs> talking to people. Like I don't like hearing my voice, but you have to overcome that if you have the purpose of knowing that your story can help other people. One thing I love in the documentary, and it's, it's got a lovely flow of matching the experience that you went through with the, the shark attack and then um, handling the Molokai challenge, which if you'll stick around after the ad break, we might go in more depth about mm. the actual paddle itself. Can't wait to hear that. But 
the the flow of the documentary it sort of matches the two up beautifully that the recovery and all the difficulty you went through and then you've set yourself this enormous challenge of paddling 55 kilometers which the best Ironman in the world struggle to sort of get through and the the challenge that you have to do just to get through that given that you've gone through you know a couple of years of COVID and all the setbacks with that on top of everything else but one thing I loved is when you went to Sumatra in the documentary and the freedom of surfing again because part of that documentary it actually it becomes like a a, a 90s surf film for the sort of five minutes you've got the back tracks I can't stand on a board for my life but my best mate's dad used to show us the old VCR 90s surf (laughs) movies you know and have the Beach Boys style all the background music and I absolutely love that because it sort of showed that you've got freedom in your life and that you're enjoying your surfing there that was probably the <laughs> the funnest part of the film to make, I guess. Like, it's something that's natural. I know how to surf, and like, it that was good. Like, we were going on trips and trying to chase waves, and that's that's fun. And as well for Sam, who who was doing all the filming and and helping make the movie with me, that's where he sort of started everything as well. Being you know surf filming, and that's natural to him. And that was the easy thing. Like, we had that surf segment edited and ready to go before anything else <laughs> so um, it was it's nice and that that's the part where you know it's kind of like the climax of of getting back to this point of like you can surf again but then you know how well and that for me, like when we watched it we did a private screening um, up in Sydney and just had all the people that worked on the film and friends and family and it's getting to points in that and people are cheering it's, it's a really nice moment in the film and obviously it's a, a moment that a lot of people relate to but it's it's also nothing that people haven't seen because I have been surfing like that for a number of years but that was yeah I, I loved that part of the film just for for making it for putting it together and for just seeing it all all there as well is is an amazing feeling we're talking with uh, Brett Canellan the 2016 shark attack survivor at Bombo uh, they've just released the documentary attacking life showing now on stand we're going to talk about the Molokai challenge so we'll head to a break and we'll chat more about the great challenge of your life, paddling 54 kilometres in Hawaii.